everybody is going through some kind of change, and it can be very scary. As we bring ourselves together and begin to support each other and think of it as a good thing, not a bad thing, uh, we can move forward with energy. Coming up, Ariane talks with New York Times bestselling author and motivational speaker Gail Blanke, next on Change Nation from First30days.com. As a best-selling author, motivational speaker, a columnist for Real Simple Magazine, and founder and president of The Life Designs, Gail Blanke has devoted her career to helping people find ways to get through unexpected changes and to seek the changes they need to live exceptional lives. Her most recent book, Between Trapezes, Flying into a New Life with the Greatest of Ease, focuses on thriving on change and mastering the art of self-reinvention. Her newest book, due out in 2009, Throw Out 50 Things, Clear the Clutter and Find Your Life, is about cutting the stranglehold that clutter has in our own lives. She's advised CEOs and presidential candidates, and today on Change Nation, she's advising you on how you can make some of those changes that you've only dreamed of and become better at handling any change that might come your way. Gail, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Couldn't be happier to be here. Gail, explain to us this metaphor of the trapeze. How, how do we make it work in our lives? What does it really represent? I, I love the trapeze metaphor. Uh, and, and the reason I used it is because the great thing about trapezes is that you can't hold on to two of them at the same time. You gotta let go of the old one before you can reach out and grasp the new one. And in between, you're not holding on to anything. And that's the best of all possible moments. Everybody's between trapezes in some area of their lives, but it's a great moment because that's when you reinvent yourself. That's when you see new possibilities. That's when it's not already decided. I mean, some people have to be blasted off the old trapeze that's happening to many of us today, things being what they are. But the whole idea is letting go of the past so you can find your future. So I've been to trapeze school and I've actually like done the whole jump for the trapeze. The difference is I know there's a safety net there. And I know that if I fall, something is going to hold me. What is metaphorically the equivalent of our safety net when in our lives we have to reach for that other trapeze? Well, um, not so much metaphorically, although I'll, I'll get to that later. But, you know, every trapeze artist, as you know, has a catcher. And the catcher is the one who reaches out and grasps your hands at exactly the right moment, not a moment too soon, not a moment too late, who gets it about you, your rhythm, everything about you. And trapeze artists have this wonderful saying, let the catcher do the catching. And so we need to have catchers too. We have to have people around us and we should all surround ourselves with people who buy our dream, who know how good we are fundamentally, who are there for us no matter what to remind us that we can do it, whatever it is in our lives. So you want to you gather up your catchers when you're out for, for major change. And you want to be somebody else's catcher, too. 
And that's such a great point, because I think when we are thinking about making a change, we only assume that we're alone, we're the only one that needs to sort of move through something. And we, th- we always think that, don't we? That we're alone and we're the only ones who are going through what we're going through. Well, the fact of the matter is everybody, particularly today, everybody is going through some kind of change. And it can be very scary. And that's why it's, it's great what you're doing, because as we bring ourselves together and begin to support each other and think of it as a good thing, not a bad thing, uh, we can move forward with energy. Why is it that some people seem to fly through the air better than others? If you meet someone, can you tell their characteristics if they're going to be someone that goes ahead and initiate some of those changes? Well, sometimes I think it has to do with sort of how we've grown up and the experiences that we've had. If their family had been in the military and they had to move from town to town or from country to country, uh, they're more uh, likely to sort of embrace something new than people who always had everything the same. But I find that, that people who have a clear view of themselves in terms of how good they already are. I ask everybody I work with to make a list of the defining moments in their lives. And a defining moment is a moment when you found something in yourself that you didn't know you had and you brought it out. It could be a moment when you said, yes, I am, or no, I'm not. It could be a moment when you drew a line. It could be a moment when you erased one, if that's what needed to be done. But it's always a moment after which you never think of yourself in quite the same way again. And lots of times it's in a crisis. Sometimes it takes a crisis for us to know who the heck we are can you and share what we're one made in, of. Can you share one in your own life, one of those defining moments? Well, the biggest one uh, in my life uh, and, and the hardest uh, was losing my brother. I was a senior in college and he was a Navy pilot He was 24 years old, and he was the uh, flight commander on the USS Forrestal, and his plane crashed in the Mediterranean inexplicably. And we were an extremely close family. He was my everything. He was my hero, my best friend. I adored him. Although I had worried about him, I thought nothing that bad could ever happen because it wouldn't be allowed. You could say, by whom? And I would say, I don't know, by God or by the universe, or it wouldn't be allowed, but it did happen. And for our whole family, we had to figure out a way to gather ourselves up and keep going. And my mother, my father, and I decided that we would in order to honor him, that we would not fall apart, that we would not be angry and bitter, that we would, uh, in fact, be stronger and better. And I think that was, I've had plenty of defining moments. We all have. Listen, you, you, you make a list of the defining moments in your life. Boy, you're going to see an interesting pattern that will emerge. And the pattern is called courage. So if you, if you take a look at your defining moments, maybe share them with somebody that you're close to and ask them what theirs are, you'll see that you've got the stuff you need to move forward into the unknown and reinvent or reclaim uh, what's good for you. You, ha- you already have it. You don't have to find it. You got it in there. Gail, how do we help people who are convinced that 
they're ugly, that they're not smart, that they're poor. They just have a low self-worth. And to sort of give them back that, that inner courage, that inner belief, so that they can make some of those changes. There's a lot of people out there who are like, well, that's you, Gail. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why the defining moments is a, is a good place to start. But uh, one of the things that I invite people to let go of is the type person that you think you are. You know, I, oh, I do that, Gail, but see, I'm, you're brave and I'm not. I'm not the brave type. Uh, or you like to stand up in front of people and talk. I don't because I'm the shy type. Uh, I'm not the type to thrive on change. I'm the type that wants to keep everything the same. Well, one of the things you want to let go of as you let go of that old trapeze is the type person you think you are, the not good enough person, the, the not pretty person, the not you know, in shape person. That's the type person I am. Forget it. You're not, and you're not a type. You're a living, breathing organism. And you can decide at any given moment who you are, what you stand for, and what type person you are. You can go from not the brave type to, in fact, the courageous type today, if you wanted to. Gail, you're so good at this. Give us some other confidence building tips. I think when we're going through change, we just need that confidence, sort of push over the edge, actually jump, reach out for something. What are, what are some other things people can do? Well, here's one thing. Uh, I, I think we need to tap into the power of a vision in our lives. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing really big, really bold, really beautiful ever happened without a vision in a, in a, in a country, in a company, in a family, without a powerful vision. So you want to ask yourself if absolutely anything were possible, what would good look like? I mean, really, really good. Not just kind of good, but really good. What would it look like if it were really good? Your work, your relationship, uh, where you live, what you do when you get up in the morning, whatever it is. If it were really good, what would that look like? And flesh that out and color it in and, and say, okay, here's, here's what I would love. This is what I could be passionate about. Step by step, I can get towards that. I know I can. I'll tell you another thing that I've been doing lately, and I, this is one of my favorite things. Um, and I've asked everybody from, you know, pretty tough financial advisors and, and CEOs to, uh, oh, I, I coach a stand-up comic whom I adore. Um, but I have, I've asked everybody to do this. You've got to, you've got to have a song. You've got to find what your song is, your power song, and sing it. You've got to have that song that does it for you. You know, the one that makes you feel, okay, you know, if I, if I sing that song, I got everything I need going for me. It's the one that makes you remember that you're hot, that you've got it. And uh, one fellow I coach who's head of the, you know, a huge corporation, and he's Austrian, and he's a pretty serious guy. So his, he's a classical guy. So his song is the Triumphal March from Aida, right? And he hears that and hums it when he goes into meetings, when he goes into tough uh, <clears throat> analyst conference, things like that. On the other extreme, I was working with a, a wonderful young woman who had been out of a job for quite a while, and she, she was having a tough time. And she finally found the position that she really wanted, and she had the final interview coming up. 
there's a job at MTV. And I said, okay, you gotta have your song. All right, she found her song, she belted that baby out all the way to her interview. She called me right afterwards and said, Gail, I got it, they offered me the job. I was so hot, I was irresistible. And her song was Elton John's The Bitch Is Back. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And that did it for her. I'm gonna ask you what your song is. Oh yeah, I've got a song, It's, um, it's from Funny Girl. It's that song, I'm the greatest star. I am by far, but no one knows it. But the line that does it for me, and I mean, I've, I've belted this out walking down Fifth Avenue on the way to pitch a book. And the line is, looking down, you'll never see me. Try the sky, because that'll be me. <laughs> Love that'll it. be me. I mean, Love you know, it. so you got to have your song. You got to think of your song, Ariane. I will. It's a okay. great suggestion. Yeah. I've got like five or six going on in my head right now. Well, it really does help. It, it changes the energy around you when you walk into a room. And, and, and you, can, you can affect outcomes. You know, you can create more positive outcomes when you walk in with that kind of positive energy. The greatest trapeze artists say that the greatest flyers are always the greatest fallers. Because you can't fly if you don't fall. And they also say, and this is one of my favorite lines, uh, trapeze artists never confuse falling with failing. That was the one I was trying to get. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, 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 uh, it's part of the deal. It's what happens. So how do you recover from something that we would typically call a failure? I, I think you take a look at it. You analyze it. I always look at things from this point of view. What worked? What didn't work? What was missing that I could provide the next time? Uh, one thing I'll, I'll say, I think that, that most of us take our so-called failures too personally. I think you have to sort of step back and say, okay, that didn't work, but I'll try it a different way. I, I particularly find that with women, we have a tendency to take our failures personally. Men are much better uh, at, at distancing themselves from it than we are. And, and they can be objective and say, all right, so fine, that didn't work. Uh, but I, I can try it a different way. I'll, I can try it 15 times until I get it. And I'll just keep doing it. I mean, Michael Jordan said, I, I read somewhere, I think he missed something like 9,000 shots so far. And he said, the reason I succeed is because I fail. It's a lot of shots to miss. A lot. Yeah. Well, here's another question I was thinking of. Changes often come in like twos and threes and fours and, you know, you lose your job and then your partner walks out on you. How do you deal with more than one change at a time? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because uh, with a lot of people I've been working with, we've been talking about this. These, um, these random things happen. You know, you get downsized. You know, the person you thought was the right person ends up being the wrong one. And we have a tendency, because we're human, to lump all these things together. They're random things that happen. One doesn't have anything to do with the other, but we lump them together, and we sort of draw a box around it, and we say, see, that's how it is for me. That's reality. Well, it's not. They're random things that happen to have happened for you at this moment. But the one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. So you want to separate them, deal with one thing at a time, and whatever you do, 
don't pile them up. Don't gather them up. Remember, it's random, not real. So just take it one difficulty at a time and put it in its place and move on. Who was it? I think it was George Eliot said, the essence of life is moving forward. So that's the whole idea, is moving forward all the time. So if someone is hearing this and they, they're stuck, they are really stuck in some area of their life, what's that first thing to do to move forward? If they're listening to you, they're already moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I think the first thing to do is to let go of the past. Uh, you can't grow if you don't let go. And that's really what my next book is about. That's why it's called Throw Out 50 Things, is because you've got to go through your closets, your drawers, your medicine chest, and your mind and decide what you're going to let go of. And part of what you want to immediately, right now, let go of are your regrets. I mean, Jimmy Durante had it right. He said, regrets, I got a million of them. But luckily, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> well, we want to forget them, too. Write them down, all the things that you think you messed up or that you should have done differently. Write them down and cross a line through each one, okay? And say, as of now, I'm done with that. Let them go. Let go of the old type person you are. Let go of old anger that you've had. Anger doesn't get us anywhere. Let go of it. Let go of being right about how wrong they are, whoever they are, or he is, or it is. Let go of that stuff because it drags you back. So I think the most important thing to get unstuck right now is to let go. So make a list of 50 things. And by the way, magazines, you can throw out a hundred of them, only count as one, okay? So, <laughs> so you got you to really go through your stuff, mental and physical, and let it go. This, uh, this symbolism of clutter, I mean, I'm fascinated by it since you and I first met. Every time I walk into my apartment, I've got like your voice going out, <laughs> out, out, out. What is it that makes it's so hard for us to let go of things that we have some sort of memory or attachment to and sort of create the empty space, like in the trapeze, to actually have something new come into our life. I think the hardest thing about letting go and throwing things out is that you have to decide. This is what's hard, or we make it hard, because you have to decide to throw it out, decide to keep it. It's much easier to just shove it in the back of your closet right and say you know I'll get to that later and then when you find you can't even walk into your closet because of all that stuff it's because you haven't made decisions and the good news is the kick the thrill in life and the opportunity is to decide you get to decide how good it's going to be you get to decide how it's going to go on the last page of between trapezes the publisher called me at the last minute and she said okay we've got one too many um white pages you got to fill ever had that happen to you you yeah. got to fill it up okay I had the same thing I said oh great okay how long do I have she said an hour and a half so but sometimes when you're under pressure you write what you mean and I wrote this on the last page there is no way it is there's only the way you say it is the universe hasn't made its mind up about you it only knows what you show it today you are the inventor and your life is the invention. You get to make it up. 
So make it up. Good. <laughs> I love it. You get to decide you in do. the end. What's the worst type of clutter? Uh, emotional clutter. But listen, the stuff that you throw out all has an emotional attachment too. That's what makes it hard. And, and as you're going through the, your closets and drawers and medicine chest and that awful drawer in the kitchen, you know that drawer in the kitchen that has that stuff in it, it's got dried up crazy glue, it's got you know, keys that haven't opened up anything in decades probably. But as you're going through that stuff, there's an emotional thing that you're tossing out too. An old memory, uh, some bad feeling, how you know to throw something out. If it drags you back, if it weighs you down, if it makes you feel heavy in any way, get rid of it. Let it go. It could be an old letter. It could be an old receipt. It can be, as a fellow I was working with the other day, it was an aftershave lotion that he wore the day he got fired. Why would you want to keep that around? Or, as one woman said, I asked her to go home and throw out 50 things, and she came back, and I said, okay, let's go over your list. And she said, oh, well, let's talk about something else. I said, no, come on. Okay, fine, Gail, all right. She, all right, so I went home, and I threw out, she said, the guy that I've been living with for 11 years, okay? Now, my question is, do I still have to throw out 49 more things? <laughs> I said, no, that's good for now. That's good. We'll pick it up again next week. But then, and she said, you know, trapeze artists have this great saying, fat don't fly. And they don't mean body fat. They mean mental fat. You can't get loft in your life if you're weighed down by all the old crummy stuff that you're remembering. For her, he was the fat that kept her from flying. So she said, this has to go. Gail, where does faith come into all of this? Do you have to have faith or can you basically make some of these more difficult transitions without it? Well, I, I love faith. I think hope. I think believing in yourself, in what's possible. Believing that life is fundamentally good, that people are fundamentally good, that in the world the good does outweigh the bad, that you're more likely to run into good people who will care about you than ones who won't. I talk to everyone about what I call positive anticipation. You want to anticipate that things are going to work, not that they aren't. Anticipate that they're going to love you. I was working with a gal the other day, and she had a big speech to give, and a lot at stake. And she called me right before she was going to give it, and she said, you know, I, I don't know, I just seem to suddenly have lost my confidence. I'm afraid they're not going to like it. They're going to pick it apart. They're going to think my idea is dumb. Uh, and I said, look, 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 you know, forget all that. Think, share, walking out onto that stage. You know, think of yourself, because she walks out on that stage. You know what she's thinking. Or she's Tina thinking, Turner. Yeah, she's or Tina Turner. Or Madonna. Yeah. You know, you guys are going to love me. You're going to love this. That's what she thinks. She doesn't think, oh, I hope this isn't the time I mess up. And that positive anticipation really helps create the kind of outcome that you want. So assume it's going to be good. Have faith that it's going to be good. Gail, there's so much talk of change right now, especially in this country with the election. There's changes in the stock market and people's financials lives for sure. A lot more and more people getting fired. And there's sort of this, uh, this sense of fear, both present and in the future. 
How do we really as a nation overcome this sense of fear that things are actually going to get worse as opposed to better? Well, speaking of faith, uh, faith can overcome fear. Uh, and your faith has to be stronger than the fear. I also think it's extremely important to, wherever possible, edit out the negative stuff. Now, I don't mean to become an ostrich, but I think that you don't have to listen to everything. There are times when you can turn off the news. There was a piece in the uh, New York Times not long ago that the stock market situation was based, it seemed, more on fear than fact. And I think that we become almost paralyzed by uh, listening to all this stuff. So part of what you want to think about letting go or editing out is all this information. That doesn't mean you don't have to deal with the things that are happening in your life. But you don't, again, you don't have to pile it up on top of you. Let it go. Say, today, today I'm not listening to that. Today, I, I won't have anything to do with that. Did you see that wonderful movie, uh, A Beautiful Mind, remember, with Russell Crowe playing the, the great mathematician John Nash? Well, if you remember, uh, John Nash is um, a paranoid schizophrenic, and so he sees or saw, you see in this movie, uh, people who were almost, of course, weren't real, but they were very real to him, almost ruined his, his life. Towards the end of the film, when he's back teaching at Princeton, they were thinking of giving him the Nobel Prize, which he eventually got. And the Nobel Prize guy goes to visit him to see if he's maybe too crazy to give him the prize. And they're having tea in the Great Hall at Princeton. And the Nobel Prize guy says to John Nash, Russell Crowe, so, do you still? And he pauses, and John Nash says, see them? Meaning those horrible people that were against him. And here's what he said. Yes, he said, they're still there, but I choose not to acknowledge them. Because like all our dreams and all our nightmares, you have to feed them for them to live. So any given day, you get to decide, what am I going to feed, my dreams or my nightmares? Go for the dreams. Lovely. Gail, the way we end off all our interviews here on the show is to ask all our experts the same three questions. Here's the first one. What is the belief that you personally go to during times of change and transition in your own life? I think I, I believe, as I said a minute ago, that uh, fundamentally it, the world, life, is good and that I can add to that, um, and that my, my job is to add to that, and welcome that, and expand that. Lots of times, if I'm going through a tough time, I will uh, imagine myself lying on my back in a field, and I, I stretch my arms out, and I think about gathering all the positive energy in the, the universe, gathering it up and embracing it. Because if I embrace it, then I can reflect it. And if I do that, I can create good. So that's what I, I believe that's possible. Here's the next one. Fill in the sentence. The best thing about change is? That you get to make up what happens next. 
that you get to reinvent. Let's remember what Darwin said. You know, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, or even the smartest. It's the one that can adapt to change. We're not meant to stay the same. We're meant to change. Here's the last one. What is the best change that you've ever made? I think when I left corporate America and created my own business, which I described as leaping off the diving board and inventing the water on the way down, uh, because I, I thought I really wanted to make a positive difference in the world and I felt I could do it more powerfully if I were on my own. And boy, oh boy, was that tough. And so many nights waking up in the middle of the night thinking, what have I done? I didn't know it would be so hard. I didn't know. And yet, that was a true defining moment. It was the hardest thing, but I know it was the best thing. Very often what we found is that the best change is often the hardest change. I think usually it is. Yes. So if, if you're going through a really tough change right now, and most of us are in one way or another, know that it's very possible that it will have the absolute best outcome and that you'll look back and say, boy, that was a defining moment, but you know what? I wouldn't have changed it for anything. Gail, thank you. Thanks for the beautiful impact you are having on so many people's lives and for being on the show here today. Thanks so much. Same to you. So for more information on Gail Blanke, uh, her books and Life Designs, please visit her website at lifedesigns.com. You've been listening to Change Nation, a show from the first 30 days. For more information, more experts, more inspiration and interviews, please remember to visit us on the web at first30days.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Change Nation from first30days.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes in the Society and Culture section under Philosophy. Make sure you take time to leave us feedback about the show. We'd love to know what you think. Change Nation is a production of First30Days.com. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved.